Hey, what's up, everybody in Free Me Podcast land? I just want to say quickly before we get into this episode, please like, subscribe, share the message, man. I can't grow if y'all don't help me grow. I can only get big on the shoulders of giants. So it's all up to you, man. If you like the message and you think that there's people out there that need to hear this message, get it out, please. You can visit me on Facebook under Thomas Free Me. You can visit my page, Free Me Podcast. You can do all of these things, man, but it's up to you to do it. If you have any um, suggestions, please, you can go to the message box. You can leave me a message, voicemail. And if there's anybody on the show that you want to donate to, you can find the link to do so at the GoFundMe. Um, Again, Free Me Podcast. You can find it at my website, www.cominghomecoalition.com. You can find it on my my Instagram name. You can find it. If you want to do it, you can find it. That's all I'm telling you to do. So, peace and love. I love you guys for tuning in and listening and supporting me. Thank you very much. I'm doing this for you guys, trying to help everybody improve their lives so my life can be improved. And the fuckery will stop and people quit fucking my ears off. Peace. I'm out. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. What's going on, man? Welcome back. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I really appreciate the love that y'all y'all show me, man. So, today's episode, again, is about uh, things that I, I show a lot of passion for. Um, I show a lot of passion for it because it's disrupted my life in, in, in such a, an egregious way. By the way, I'm outside, so if you guys hear some background noise or whatever, uh, that's maybe some just construction going on, you know, over yonder. And it's a beautiful day outside, man. There's not a cloud in the sky. It's about 68 degrees. One of these days where you can, you can just go play ball all day. Football, basketball, golf, whatever. Your body will just work. You could hit steel all day. Work. Feel good. You know, it's, it's a great day, man. It's a beautiful day. All blessed the thanks to God, you know. So, yeah, man, you know, we make, we make a lot of decisions in our lives through, through, Emotions, a wide array of emotions, you know? And a lot of times these decisions lead to tragic events. A lot of times they work themselves out, you know? But sometimes, you know, they just lead to to tragic events. And that's what occurred in this gentleman's life here, man. You know, there was so many things going on around everybody's emotional everybody's selfish in their emotions nobody's stopping to try to control a situation and this one didn't work itself out so so cleanly decisions were made continue to be made through emotions And now, because of those decisions, 
there's a lot of regret, a lot of remorse, a lot of regret, a lot of, I wish I would have done things differently. So I'm gonna get into this article here that was published April 4th, 1995 by the Hartford Current. Dana Tofig. Dana Tofig. Headline, Springfield man charged with first degree murder. stepbrother of a man whose body was found floating in the Connecticut River was charged with murder Monday by Springfield police. Stephen, 21, and I'm going to leave out last names and addresses and all of that um, just for respect of a couple people. So Stephen, 21, of Springfield was charged with first degree murder and the death of Roberts. He will be arraigned in Springfield Court this morning. Robert was killed Thursday. Robert, 25, was killed Thursday evening at his home. It was unclear whether his body was dumped or floated down the river from the Massachusetts. On Saturday, two boaters spotted Robert's body floating amid debris in the river behind the Bigelow Commons apartment complex. The man's hands were tied together, said Police Chief Ronald Marcotte. Marcotte, 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 one of those, one of those oddies. After the body was discovered, an autopsy was performed by the clinical state chief medical examiner. No cause of death was determined, police chief Mark Holt said. No information was available late Monday. There are no bullet holes, no knife wounds, no strangulation, no nothing. Police chief Mark Holt. No one called the police to report a missing person said police chief Mark Holt. Boy, they're really stroking this police chief guy off, huh? Making sure his name's all through this here. Police were only able to get a couple of fingerprints from Robert's hand because the body had begun to decay, said police chief Mark Holt. The area in which Robert's body was found is directly behind a 200-foot tower on the edge of the town's North Thompsonville district. The area around the tower has been closed to the public since July 1993 when a 19-year-old idiot fell while climbing the structure. Yes, I ad-libbed idiot. I could have probably ad-libbed a lot more than that, but idiot seemed to be precise. Continuing, however, the fence surrounding the area and the quote-unquote no, <clears throat> no trespassing signs have been pushed in. A 
path leads down to the embankment from there it's about a 30-foot drop over a cement embankment to where Robert's body was discovered the shallow water is filled with junk such as rusted old stove and a bicycle frame and a bed frame says police chief Mark Holt you know I'm a father of a daughter. I worry about this every minute of every day. I know bad things can happen. I know accidents can happen. And I just pray that if anything tragic was to happen to If anything was, you know, anything tragic was to happen that she would be respected and, you know, uh, just cared for. You know, I wish that for every person it's a tragic, tragic thing for somebody to lose their life. It's tragic in any circumstance, in any circumstance, and we have to stop. We have to stop. Ah, pardon me. So, these things upset me. These things upset me. So, part of his body was floating up on the debris, and part of it was still in the water. Police chief Mark Holt says. He was just dropped into this pile of stuff. Bless you, Robert. Neighbors who live on the North River Street, which runs parallel to the water, said they heard nothing Saturday night. Police stopped residents who were traveling down River Road, took their license plate numbers, told them not to worry, neighbors said. They said some people do go back to the area around the, the tower, but there are rarely any problems. Anyone with information about Robert's death is asked to call the Enfield Police Department and ask for who? You got it. Police Chief Marcotte. So there you have it, man. So we're going to hear from Stephen now. We're going to hear the whole story. What Stephen has to say, what happened that day. The way things went. The decisions that were made. The results of those decisions, you know, the regret behind those decisions now, you know, the, I wish it, I wish I would have done something different, you know, and that's usually what, what we say when we make emotional decisions, and then we have time to think about those emotional decisions, and we realize that we could have made a completely different decision, you know? So once again, I do apologize for the sound quality. Um, Steven does come through crystal clear. Mine, however, does not. Been having a problem with Anchor for whatever reason. It's pissing me off because I got some good, good, good quality information that I'm trying to pass to to listeners that need to hear this, man, and I have to make sure that these messages are clear. So I do apologize once again. 
Um, I just sound computerized or whatever the hell is going on with this crap, man. But hopefully soon uh, I can start gaining a little bit of support and circumstances can change for, for, for everyone, you know? So without further ado, I'm introducing you to Steven. Hey, Steve, you with me? Yeah, can you hear me? I can hear you, partner. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Man, I'm cold as hell, partner. Where are you? I mean, you know, you're just going to laugh at me. Huh? I said you're just going to laugh at me when I tell you where I'm at. Nah, I'm up in Plymouth. It's cold. It snowed this morning. Yeah, I'm in Florida, man. I'm in Tampa. And you're cold? <laughs> I mean, you see what I'm telling you, man? Who you laughing, man? <laughs> I'd rather be down there right now. Nah, no, no. Nah, I'm, 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 I'm born and raised here in Florida, man. So I got I'm born blooded. Oh, uh, I hear you. <clears throat> so, um, as you know, my name is Thomas. Uh, this is Free Me Podcast. You know, it's it's uh, it's a podcast designed to just give people a platform to to express themselves and you know just for us to share with one another. You know, I've had a, a very tumultuous life and been through a lot of trauma. Um, as I'm learning, you have and that's what we're going to share with today. So, just give me a little bit of who you are, how old you are. A little bit of, you know, your childhood and, and how you came up. Okay. I'm 47 right now. Just turned 47 in September. Yeah. Cool. Happy birthday, man. I'm 45. I turned 45 in August. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel 47. I feel like I'm 90. What are you talking about? I'll make do. Age is just a number, I guess. Yeah, I grew up in, I was born in Connecticut, Norwich, Connecticut. My dad was in the Coast Guard, so we were born down there. Then we moved to Florida for a little while when he was stationed down there, down in a Daytona Beach down that way. Oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, and then when I was like three, three, I guess he moved up to Springfield, Mass. And that's where I was pretty much raised till I went in, till I got incarcerated. I lived up there. I was twenty-one. Uh-huh. Yeah. How was life growing up there in Springfield? Yeah, it was. It was all right back in the day. It was good. It was not that bad. It was things to do. It's not that good now, but back then it was all right. It was plenty of. I mean, I was a kid, but you, know, you find things to do as a kid. What is it like, suburbia type life? It's a city. It's like the third largest city in the state. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got Boston, Worcester, and then Springfield. Okay, okay. It's diversified. There's a lot of, you know, whites, blacks, Asians, Spanish. It's all different communities you have up there. So we move. Everybody just kind of, does everybody just kind of get along? Most times they did, yeah. We grew up down the south end, which was more like an Italian area down there. I don't know why we weren't. Then we moved. Then we moved. We moved around a lot. I don't know why. 
just we decided to move a lot. Finally, we settled down up in like I don't know what you would call it, North Springfield, Mason Square area. They call it. That's like kind of the ghetto area, sort of. I don't know. Maybe that's the only place they could afford. But that's, uh-huh. yeah, moved there. I was like twelve. Now, what is what is your background? Are you are you Irish or? Uh, just... Yeah, my mother's side is like Polish and German, and my father's Italian and Scottish. So I'm like a uh-huh. yeah, I'm like a a mix. Yeah, me too, man. I'm a mutt. <laughs> yeah, most people think I'm Irish, but I'm like, no, I'm not Irish. I'm Scottish, Scottish, Italian. Mm, that's a strong. That's a strong mix, though. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, my my great grandmother. She was straight out of Poland. My mother's mother. Uh, and my mother is straight. She was straight out of Sicily. So the whole side of that family is just all Italian. That's all they speak. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so did you grow up with like your, your your mother and your father? No, they got divorced when I was when I was three, and that's why my dad moved up to Springfield. So I was raised uh, with my dad. Yeah. Until and then your dad, did your dad remarried. Or? Yeah, he remarried to this some crazy lady. I had three other kids, but I'm an only child to my dad and mom. But yeah, mm. he remarried. When did? How old was you when that happened? When what they remarried? Yeah, and, and just kind of walk me through that because I, I went through the same occurrence. You know, my my father divorced my mother. I was very young, and, um, and then ultimately ended up remarrying a woman that had children as well. So it was kind of like a plug and play family, you know? Yeah, I was. I was. Yeah, I was probably three, four, I think, when he remarried her. And we moved in. We had, they had a small apartment. That's why we had to move, too. It, was, it wasn't big enough for six people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we got a, I got along. I, we knew each other for a while because like, we lived, like, one apartment, and we lived in the, the building next door, so I would see him all the time. It's like we knew each other. I guess that's how they met. So we got along all right for a while. Mm. Oh, it sounds like it sounds like a tension built. Well, yeah, well, not until yeah, my dad was kind of I don't know. He was being a military guy. He was kind of like strict and abusive sometimes. And he'd be more protective of me, being like I'm his son, and the other ones aren't his kids. Um, what were the other kids? Um. She had two boys and a girl. The girl is the same age as me. She's like a few months older. And one son was three years older and the other one was four years older than me. So they were like seven and six, I think, when we moved in. So you went from being the only child to being the the youngest of five children? Four. Four? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. 
And I had to, like, so we were first in the apartment, you know, it was just, like, the bedroom for my dad and stepmom, and then the, the two boys share, and I had to share a room with the girl, which is kind of weird. But, I mean, you know, you're a kid, you don't really know, you're a baby, you don't think of that when you're young. Only three, four, we were young. Did you ever, like, did you ever, because I used to, I mean, honestly, when I was younger, I used to have one of my, my stepsisters. You know, uh, you know, as you get older, it's like okay, there you guys are getting older. You need separate rooms and stuff like that. We couldn't. That's another reason why we moved. Get out of the window. Yeah, I was probably about seven or eight then. So yeah, I think I was really kind of starting to notice, you know, different things about myself and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, these girls were they were beautiful young girls and. It was really my first introduction to um, that type of environment, I guess. So, yeah. But it was weird. It was just uh, the whole situation for me was weird. I just remember being a kid and just always embarrassed about certain situations and and things of that nature. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear. You. Yeah, it was kind of like that with me for a while. She would have her friends come over and be like, oh, you, well, I need to get in here too. No, I need to get in here. That was some of them. So your father, your, your father being strict as a military man. I mean, can you can you describe like some some of his personality? Like, what do you mean? Is uh, how. Well, well, first let me ask this: Did did your father ever do any wartime? No, he was in the he was in the Coast Guard in um, I want to say yeah, probably the early late sixties, early seventies. He was mainly stationed oh. here in on the in the states down in Florida, and New Jersey, the lighthouses and stuff like that. I see. So he's never done military. He just went straight into the Coast Guard. Yeah, well, that's military. <laughs> sort of. Okay. It is. It is a branch. And, and I don't mean that it's not. But I, I guess what I'm trying to find out is if he's ever had any, like, battle experience or, or any reason to have or severe from PTSD. Oh, I don't believe. No, I don't think so. I don't think he ever, like, went to Vietnam or whatever. That's what you're asking. That would have been around his time. But, no, I don't think he did. He was mainly just okay. stationed down around the coast of along the east coast up and down the east coast he was stationed mainly in lighthouses and just watching the coast doing rescues mm-hmm. and stuff like that so so I, I guess what my question is then is is for you to just explain some of his militants because you had you had mentioned earlier that he, you know he was a militant figure because of of his experience with the Coast Guard. Yeah, well, it, would, it was just, you know, you had to be in at a certain time. Every He made made us all get, like, crew cuts. All the boys get crew cuts. And you would have to be like, yes, sir, no, sir. You know, you couldn't, couldn't back off. You were, you had to eat. You know, he would, sometimes if you swore, he would shove soap down your mouth or smack you. Or if you're sitting at the table and like eating dinner, you put your elbows on the table, you whack them off, and like that's not how you just sit up straight. You know, look at me when I'm talking to you. I got a constant control. 
A constant what? Constant control. Oh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so how did, how did that make you feel growing up? It was kind of, no, he didn't like it. You know, after a while, it's like, okay, if he just did what he wanted, he would just, okay, he just wouldn't bother you. But he was, yeah. Yeah. The other, his, my stepbrothers, they were more, like, defiant towards him, so that's when he would get, like, he would hit them more, and he would hit, reprimand me, because they didn't, they're like, you you're not my father, I don't have to listen to you, or, and I was the same way with my stepmother. I'm like, you're not my mother. I don't have to listen to what you say. I would, I would be the same way with her. She's like, do this. I'm like, no, you fucking do it. Uh, can I swear on <laughs> here? Sorry. No, yeah, man. This is, this is an adult form. So it's, this is all just about expression. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, you know, you grow, you're like, okay, you know, I think most kids are like that when they have step parents or whatever. You know, you can't tell me what to do. You're not my father. You're not my mother. You know, or I don't have to listen to you. And I would like piss him off. It would piss her off. And that's, you know. Sometimes he was like, she's religious, too. So if you didn't get up, go to church on time, he would, like, kick you out of bed. He would drag you there. and for, You know, I didn't like that, being forced to go. I didn't want to do that, but I was forced to go do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of his big things, big religious guy. So... So now you're moving into your teens, you're in high school and, and, and such. And how's all that looking? It's yeah, school was all right for a while. You know, I played some sports. So I got into sports, wrestling, football, which was good. And then I came down with this neurological thing, which almost killed me, which kind of like set me back. Which, you ever heard of Guillain Barre syndrome? It's kind of like can kill you. Would, no, say it again. It's called Guillain Barre. It's like a neural, it shuts down your whole neurological system. I was, I'm, I think I'm 15 at the time, and I'm walk, just walking down the halls of school. I just collapsed. I couldn't move, couldn't breathe, nothing. I was hospitalized on a ventilator. It almost killed me. So that was like. Get the fuck out of here. No, I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's like, so what is the, what, what causes that? Um, they're not sure. I think it came from a flu shot or something that I got. So now, like, I can never get a flu shot the rest of my life or any vaccination or anything because they don't know what's in it that could end up killing me. But yeah, that screwed me up for like two years. I couldn't do anything. I had to learn how to walk again. I had to build all my muscle up again. I had to, I couldn't do anything. I had plans playing college football. Oh, yeah, as a kid, yeah, yeah I want to play in the NFL. Yeah, that didn't happen. Because I could never, you know, once, even once I got back, I was like, because I missed school for like two years. I couldn't go to school. By the time I got back, I was like, nah, I'm not going to, I can't do this anymore. Take too much out of me. So that kind of like made me depressed doing that. I see all my friends who, doing this, moving on, dating or whatever, playing sports, going out, and I am i can't do anything. I'm like an invalid. I barely move. Dude, that's, that is nuts, man. I've never heard of that. And, and you know what? 
I, 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 I'm, I've always been a person that that I've always felt that I did, like anything else, medicine is, is way overused mm-hmm. and it's way over trusted. There's really no know? like cure for and, it. There's no med. They had to put me on steroids. I had to get like injected with steroids, pill steroids, and that kind of screw me up. Like, you know, it gives you a lot of acne. It makes you fat. I blew up to like over 300 pounds from it. It's crazy. Jesus Christ, man. All because of a flu vaccine. Yeah. That's where they think it came from because it couldn't, it doesn't just like appear out of nowhere. That's that's what they think it was from. So now I, so. Yep. Well, now that's COVID so this is, a, this is a monumental, like, dude, this is a monumental shift in your life right now. Oh, I know. That's, so you figure from 89 this happened, 89 to like probably 90, it was 91, I was still recovering from this. So I find that just made me like drop out of school after that. I, I finally went back to high school for a few years. It's like, man, I can't do this anymore. I was just weak. I couldn't. It's just like, so I just ended up dropping out of school. Mm, damn, man, I'm sorry to hear that. Listen, I, for, for some reason, I'm getting a lot of feedback. What, what are you talking on right now? My Just my phone. Are you on speaker? Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna disconnect from mm-hmm. here, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna send you a, a new link and I'm just reconnect and see if that fixes the, the problem. Uh, I can hear you. All right. Yeah, but just on my end, when I'm speaking, it's 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 hard because there's a lot of feedback coming okay. to me. So it's like when I'm talking, I'm hearing my stuff, and it's it's very hard for me to concentrate. So I'm just going to reconnect with you, and then hopefully that'll fix it. All right. All right. I'll, I'll send you. All right. How's that? Oh, that's much better. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, perfect, perfect. That happens from time to time, and, and it's just best if I just disconnect and reconnect versus, you know, going on because – this is such an important topic and you're saying so many important things that I, I just, I want to make sure that it's clear. Is this live or what? No, 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 it's not live. I, I, I pre-record my shows and, and then um, just so because there's so many things that are said, somebody may reach back and say, you know, I, I really feel uncomfortable about hearing this or that and I can go back and edit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm away because, okay, so you have this 15 years old, already trying to to establish his, his own personality, and then out of the blue, this happens to you, this, this flu vaccination, at least that's that's what we th- we're thinking. Uh, yeah, that's what they think. They're not really, that's what they're assuming. And your whole life just just shifts now. I mean, how 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 does that affect like your friendships with people? Well, you say that you ended up causing you to drop out. Well, yeah, I couldn't. You know, I couldn't hang out. I couldn't go out with my friends. I couldn't hang out with anybody. You know, people. There wasn't cell phones back then, so you had to. You know, you couldn't just text somebody. But hey, hey come on over. Just, you know. 
you have to reach out to them. You know, people would come over once in a while, but eventually it was like, you know, you can't do anything. I'm just going to move on. So it was like, I'm pretty much stuck at home doing nothing. Trying to rehabilitate. I had to go to rehabilitation like five days a week or something to learn how to, you know, I had to learn how to walk all my motor skills. It was mm-hmm. weak. I couldn't even like pick up a coffee cup. I couldn't pick up a book. Nothing. It was, that's how weak I was. And then I was in. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was saying when it first happened, like I say, I was on the ventilator. I was in the hospital for like a month. I was on that for a week, the ventilator, because it shuts down like everything, your lungs, you can't breathe on your own. You can't do anything. Like, so. One second, then I was still in the hospital for like a month after that. And they started to like slowly get you. That that was like, come on, I want to get out of here. But nope, you can't leave. <laughs> this is a powerful, that's a powerful story, especially in the time when you're going to have the world taking vaccines, you know, uh, uh, experimental vaccines and that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to get it. I won't be able to have that. So how are you now? Do you have any effects from that now? Um, not really. There's still like it's still like numbness there's in, in my feet. Sometimes you get it, but it it could come back at any time. And like now that I'm older, if it comes back, it could be even worse. But right now it's been under control for a while. It's been like in remission for a while now. But it's still mm-hmm. Like I said, there's lingering effects there sometimes in the feet still. What about mentally? Have you accepted or or does it still affect you? It doesn't really affect me because I know it's, you know, I know it's there somewhere. So I just have to be careful when I go to the doctor. I have to let they know. I have to let them know. Listen, every time I go, yeah, I've had this. So don't give me this certain shot don't give me this like if i have to go in for a surgery or whatever like that i have to let them know and they they're like okay yeah thank you there's not really much like if you look <laughs> it up there's not it doesn't really talk much about it it just tells like who the two guys were that found it two french guys or something and tells what it is but it's like Mm. So, so moving, moving forward, like when did when did shit start going bad? You know, or you started noticing shit going bad, or to start leading up into how you got incarcerated? Well, this is I don't know. We were like seventeen, eighteen, and my stepbrother, the oldest one, the one that died, he he was. He got into an accident at work and he like busted his head. And so instead of the pain pills weren't much, so he started getting hooked on heroin and other stuff, and stealing from the house. And that was like pissing my dad off and pissing me off. He would break into my room. He wasn't supposed to, you know, and it, shit was just building. My dad moved out. I was like six, 16, 17. I was still going through this. And he moved out with another woman, so he wasn't there. And I'm stuck at the, I'm stuck with my stepmother and the three kids, and they're like 
taken all this out on me the way my dad is now that he's not there to do anything about it. So they, you know, I'd have to like try to defend myself against them. My stepmother was becoming violent to me. She was being abusive, and that's how it started building up. I tried to move move out. I, I went down to live with my, my mother for a while, but she didn't want me there. She had another son. She's like, no, you can't here. And I had, I'm stuck back going back there with her and my stepmother because I have nowhere else to go. And no one else wanted to. I couldn't go live with, like, an aunt or they're going through their own stuff. So I'm stuck here in this. And it wasn't a good place to be for me. That was the reason why I made me not want to be in school anymore. I couldn't concentrate. And it was just horrible. But, so, yeah, the stealing is what, like, built up to going on with my stepbrother and leaving his death. Were were you working or or? I mean, so were you ever? Can you hear me? No, not really. Okay, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Can you hear me better? Yeah, I can hear you now. There we go. Yeah, Yeah, I apologize, man. No, no, that's fine. I understand. Nickel stuff happens. I hate it. Yeah. So, man, so there was no other option. Like, you you, you couldn't find your own place or no friends or no nothing. No, I tried, you know, for a little while. I tried moving, like, hey, stay at a place here, there. But people, like, no, you can't stay here all the time. You got to go, go, being a burden. Hmm. So, so your your stepbrother's name? What was what was your what was his name? His name was Robert. Robert. Okay, so Rob Robert is is he's, he's on addiction. He's stealing. You're catching the rap for it. There's high tension in the house. People mad, beating on each other. So what happens? Well, it was, it was you know I that's why I tried to get away, but he was. He he got and his mother was going through like she was in and out of mental institutions because she was like having nervous breakdowns so she wasn't around all the time so and my other stepbrother he went into the army at like nineteen I think so he wasn't around the stepsister moved out she got pregnant she moved in with this guy she moved out so it's mainly now it's just me and and my stepbrother in the house here. You and Rob. Yeah. And my dad comes around every now and then just to check, give some money for groceries or whatever. That's it. I tried to go live with him down in Connecticut. He had a small apartment. So he's like, no, nah, his girlfriend at the didn't want me there at the, t- at the, you know, it was too small. So it was like, so, okay, we're back here. And- so, hold on. So, your father is living with a girlfriend, and your mother is living with a, a, another boyfriend or another son. And my you're mother, so- down in Connecticut, 
she's she's lived in Connecticut her whole life, pretty much. And, so and you're staying with I'm the ex-wife of your father, huh? You're staying with the ex-wife of your father, or soon to be, or, or however that's going on. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I don't know if they were divorced yet or they were going through it, but yeah, I'm, so it's just, yeah, my stepmother. Estranged. They were estranged. Yeah, there you go. That's the word. It was with my, yeah, my stepmother and Robert were there. It was like just us three in the, in the house. My goodness, man, I can't even imagine a situation like that because, of course, you're going to be the enemy every time. Pretty much. It's, yeah. It's like, oh, every time they see me, they blame it on, you know, they see my dad and this, the crap that he he would do, do I blame him for everything that's going on? So they, he's not there, so they blame it on me. So I'm about 18 at this time or so. Yeah, I'm like 18. I'm trying to work, get my first job. How are you physically at this time? Are you Are you now, do you have all your strength back? Or are you still dealing with that as well? work and so I finally get a job and I like to cook so that's what I've been that was my first job that's what I do most of the time is cook yeah you still cook now yeah I'm cooking now I'm working kind of slow what's your, be- huh? what's your best dish oh I don't know it all depends I like to cook meat a nice uh. steak on the grill yeah, yeah. Well, some shrimp scampi is good too now and then, or chicken piccata is good. Give me a nice thick steak, and I'll be happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I, I don't. I really don't have a sophisticated palate. A good steak and potato, and I'm I'm, I'm alright. But I try not to eat that heavy red meat too much. No. Yeah, that should have been. It's good for you when you're working out. Oh, that's true. So, so you guys, so you're under all of this pressure, this tension, man. That's crazy. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, so I say the stepmother, she's trying to go through, go through this crazy stuff, and she's like. It's drinking well, drinking wine during the day, drinking cough syrup to get drunk. So she's in and out of the mental hospital. She's having nervous breakdowns. So did they have love for you? I mean, did you ever feel love from them? Some eh, sometimes when I was younger, yeah, but I think after a while it started to fade away. But because you know they see me they see my stepdad and they they hate him but i mean i got along with the rest of their, their you know her my my aunt my stepmother's sister you know she i got along great with her i'm still in contact with her all the time and even the whole time i was incarcerated she was in contact with me you know they, they forgive me for what happened which is good and i still you know i talk to my stepsister now like once a week, we're in contact. Go away. 
So, you know, the only article that I could find was the one, you know, I guess you probably know is, is the, the one where they found uh, uh, your, your stepbrother, I guess, floating in a, what it was it a retention pond or a river or it was the Connecticut river. Yeah. The Connecticut river. You, you want to share with me how that occurred or, or the events of what led into that or any of that? I could, uh, I mean, it's, I can share with you what happened. You're like fading out again. I can barely hear you. I got to hold the phone up closer to my ear. So, yeah. yeah. So it was, so I say nobody was living at, at this house at the play. It was just me. Actually, I wasn't even living there at the time. I, mean, I moved out to my own place finally. I started working, so I got my own place. And I'm still, like, moving in and out, and the house is up for sale. I'm supposed to be living there. So after work one day, I called my dad. I was like, hey, you know, can you come home? I got to move some stuff. Can we go to the house? He's like, yeah, all right, I'll pick you up from work. So he picks me up. We go up to the house. And we go in. There's nobody there at the time. It's like, okay, we're going in. We're looking around, and I guess Robert comes back, and I hear well, I'm out in the basement trying to move some stuff around, and I go up to my room, and I hear some arguing. I don't hear, and all of a sudden I hear like crash, bang. There's a there's a fight between my dad and Bob, and I run down to see what's going on, and they're fighting, and then he's not moving. Robert is not moving. I don't know what's what happened. My dad's like, I don't know. I think he hit his head or well, I don't know what's going on. So he's like, We have to do something about it. I was like, Well let's call somebody. He's like, Who can we call us? You gotta you can't just leave him here. He's like, Well, we have to get rid of him. I don't wanna get blamed for this. I don't wanna So he decides to go get some stuff and tie him up. And he's like, I know a place so he ties him up drag him out to the truck. I'm like, I'm scared of my dad right now because I don't know what he's going to do to me if I don't help him. Or So it's like, okay, let me just go along with this because he might snap on me even though I'm his son. I don't know what's going on in his head right now. So, wait. So, we take him out to the truck. He drives to this place in Connecticut, which I don't even know where to this day. I probably couldn't find it. He's like, all right, here's a good spot. We'll tied a cinder block to him, and he tossed him over the edge of this thing into the water, and that was that was that. We went back. He brought me back to my place, and he went home. And a few days later, so, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was saying then, I guess a few days later, I guess a fisherman or something found him. What I heard. Yeah, that's what the article has said. It was a real remote place, but I guess it was a good fishing spot, and somebody down there had had spotted a, a person floating. So, in in that moment, because I know that you were in fear of your father, I can't even imagine, you know how how you explained and and opened up just your childhood and everything that was going on in it, you know, in that moment. And now you're, 
you're handling what used to be your your step brother you know mm-hmm. and and so was your father was your father was he sane in that moment was was he like calm and cool of course of course panic is there but was he was he himself it, to me he seemed like he was he was it was nothing to him it didn't phase him one bit he was in control. Yeah. Always in control. Yeah, that's, yeah. As he, like, dropped me off, and he's like, just, you know, keep this quiet. Nothing ever happened. I'm like, okay. And what is going through your mind? I'm like, what the hell just happened? I'm like, why you know, Why did I do this? We shouldn't have, this, that shouldn't have happened. I, I'm not even sure why it happened. I don't understand it along they hated each other for a long time they did they didn't like each other because of his stealing and drug use and they've been in fights before but I'm like this i didn't think it would end up like that i'm like I, I'm, I'm thinking it's like this didn't really happen this couldn't have happened i've got to be dreaming but it happened I'm still like after I mean I couldn't sleep the rest of the night. I'm like, this is not real. I was and I wanted to tell somebody, I'm like, oh, I should have done something. I should have called the police or whatever and reported it and this is what happened. But I'm like I'm still like in shock over it. It's crazy. Yeah. And and again, you know, these and first, you know, thank you, Steve, for, for sharing that, because, you know, that's this is a situation that, again, I'm, I'm always emphasizing on my show about how we can get into situations. Right. And because we're being are we're being led by our emotions, mm-hmm. like our emotions are just flying wild and and. There's no control over these emotions and, and, and it just things spiral out of control, you know? Exactly. Anything could happen in a moment. You know, it could, me and Robert, we got into a couple fights before him stealing, you know, it could have happened to me. I could have ended up killing him at one of these points. Could have, anything could have happened. Knock on wood that it didn't. But. You know, anything can happen feel, to anyone on any day. You never know. I feel bad. I feel bad for Bob too because Bob just he he needed he help. Had an he issue. needed help with his addiction. No, and it was really like he didn't know what to do. No one would help him. There was nothing out there for him. So and he needed to support his habit. You know, I didn't want to see the guy. I didn't want to see him dead. I wanted to see him get help, but he obviously didn't want any. Or you didn't know where to look. Because this is like the early 90s. It was out there. You know, that's new to me. I wouldn't even know where to look. I start. But I guess he tried for a while and it didn't work. Go away. Sorry. Yeah. So... So the fisherman finds, you know, the, the, the body 
um, the 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 article comes out, what happens? It come uh, well before I, I don't know I forget what day the guy found him. But before that, I had to I went to work like a couple of days later and it was still bothering me. So I finally told somebody what happened. I was and somebody ended up dead, and then the cops came to my work interviewing me. And I'm like, yeah, this is what happened. And they're like, oh, no, no, you sure? So they let me go. We'll look into it. I'm like, but this is, do you know where? And, I'm, and I couldn't, I'm like, no. How? Go away. So. Yeah, yeah. Dog wants to play. All right. What, what kind of dog? It's a shepherd husky. Oh, okay. She's only ten months. She's she wants to frisky. Yeah, kind of... exactly. She wants to play. It's like she wants no biting. Stop it. Yeah. So after that, so they let me go, man. They let me go. This was a April first. They think, oh, you're only joking. Uh, nothing happened. I'm like, okay. This is what this is what the cops are yeah. telling you. What 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 do you mean that they they think that you're joking? They're like because happened. nothing was reported. Nobody, you know, the guys. Nobody reported this guy missing or anything. Bob missing. I'm like, yeah, because there's nobody around. Nobody, nobody would miss him. Okay, yeah. so they let me go and. They didn't come, then it was like April, was it, let's see, the first was Saturday, yeah, it was April 4th that they finally came and arrested me, I'm at my grandfather's house, I guess, I think they found the body by then, mm-hmm. and they came, they come, I'm at, I'm at my grandfather's place, we're working at the house, and this weird car pulls up, and that's when the two detectives come. Us, you need to come with us. We need to talk to you. So they bring me down to the police station. There's like four of them there. There's like two from Connecticut and the two from Springfield. And that's when I just like broke down. I'm like, yeah, this is what happened. I did it. It was an accident. I covered it up. And like, yeah, you're going to get the chair for this. You're going to do like. Like, mm. So and that's what they do. Yeah. They didn't you know. I didn't know anything about. Oh, you can have a lawyer present. I didn't know any of that. All that stuff. I'm, I'm only I'm just twenty one at the time, and I'm freaking out. I don't know nothing. I never been in trouble before. So that was. That was the start of it, April fourth, nineteen ninety-five, which was actually his his birthday. Did they? Didn't they? Did they read you your Miranda rights and and inform you at all of of what rights that you had? Um, I don't remember. Probably, I don't remember. Because when they first brought me in, it was like, "Oh, you're not under arrest. We just want to talk to you." So mm-hmm. they didn't. I don't. They didn't read any rights or anything like that. I don't think it was until I was actually they interviewed me and all this, all this time and everything. Like, so I wasn't. I don't think they had to like 
document at that time until you're actually under arrest. It's like we're just questioning you, we want to ask you some questions. I'm like, right. okay. You know, when they're, I'm just finally, I just like, I just took the rap. I'm like, yeah, I, I shouldn't have at the time. I was like, okay, yeah, this is what happened. We got into a fight, and I panicked. I covered it up. I called my dad to come help me get rid of the body. You're like, well, why you shouldn't have did that? You shouldn't have done it. Why did you leave him go for that long? I'm like, I panicked. I didn't know what to do. So it was just why did you why why Steve? Why did you cover it up? I to this day I don't. It's you know it's my dad. I, you know, I love my dad death. I don't know why. Even I get asked that all the time. Why I took the rap for it. Maybe I was still scared. Like if I didn't, he would come after me. So, has your father ever showed appreciation for what you've done for him? Like saying thank you or anything? Hey, hey. just any kind of appreciation at all? He still denies that he did anything wrong. But he supports me all anytime I need anything from him. So. I think that's his way of, because the whole time I was locked up, he would send me money if I needed it. Or, but. Well, this is why I was asking, because, I mean, people people find ways to show their appreciation, you know, in some, some form or fashion. Well, yeah, so, I think that was, that's, that was his way. Was by, like, uh, you need anything, just let me know. That's probably his. That's his way of showing appreciation for him not going to jail for the rest of his life. He ended up getting some time, like stupid county time, for some old disposing of a dead body law or something. No. Well, so uh, you know. Did, did you did you end up pleading out or did you go to trial? No, I pled guilty because the lawyer I had, you know, I don't, she was like, I don't think, you know, I didn't know anything about the law. This this lady was like, oh, man. you're cutting out on me, Steve. Steve. Hey, Steve. Steve. Yeah, I, can, yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. I bumped something on the phone. It was like my voicemail popped up. All right, yeah. Ah, so it's okay. The last thing I heard was about the her. lawyer. Yeah, she was like kind of your some woman lawyer. I don't even. I think she was out of Boston or something at the time. I don't know how she was working in Springfield, but I'm like. I don't even, so we ended up, she's like, you need to take the plea deal because I don't, I said, we can't go to trial. She's like, well, if we go to trial, we might end up never getting out of jail again. I said, well, I'm talking, as this, this took like two and a half years before we actually did this. So in that time, I'm talking to like, oh, that could be a manslaughter case. It was an accident. 
as I'm trying to ask her, she's like, well, no, I don't think it is. Because you tried to cover it up. That's why they want to hit you with the, the first or the second. I'm like, well, it wasn't premeditated. It was just an accident. It happened. It was a fight. It wasn't like I went there and planned on it, doing it. He wasn't even there when I went to the house. She's like, well, I don't know. With the history between you two and all that, it won't look good for you. So I'm like, so I finally, I just said, okay, I'll plead out and hopefully a chance to get out. At any time, did anybody ever ask you if you were guilty of this? I mean, you know, like seriously, did anybody ever, you know, uh, kind of doubt your story or anything? Oh, yeah. My my, my family, the, his family and like my family, my to this day, they 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 know my dad. My dad did it, but he won't confess to it. Well, I'm speaking judicially, oh. you know, going through the system as far as, you know, investigators or detectives, you know, these people that are supposed to be doing the job. No, they they're like they find they just happy that they got somebody for it. They could close their case is what I'm thinking. It would just open and shut and just rush them through. They had a plea deal. There was nothing else. To exactly. Discuss. Yep. That's the problem we have today, you know, and and here because of that, right? I, I I'm willing to bet, Steve. I'm willing to bet that if if an investigator or a detective really really cared about finding the truth versus just handling yeah. a case, and came to you and said, "Listen, Steve, I, I see what kind of person your father is. You're a young man, you know. Uh, I can see your father's very very controlling over you." You know, is there any reason why you would be covering up for your father? Just that question alone, I would be able to look in your eyes and know that you were covering up for your right. father. Well, even at the time, like the my roommate I was living with at the time, he, when it's all happened, he came forward and he was like, I don't think Steve did this because his, his father came to me. Like his father came to me and asked me if I knew anybody that could take somebody out or get rid of somebody. And they told him and they didn't even pursue that. So he must have been thinking about this for a while. I know he didn't he didn't like Robert. He hated him for a while. So even with that, it was like they didn't do anything. They didn't follow through with it. They're thinking maybe, oh, he's just saying this to protect me or something. Yeah. So what did you end up playing out to? A second. Second degree. Yeah. And that was because you disposed of the body and tried to cover up and didn't report. Right. After, you know, and then now a few years later, they would have said, if you would have just, at the time, if you would have probably called somebody and told them what happened, it would have been like an involuntary accident. You probably wouldn't have even done any time for it. Neither one of you it would have just been an accident. Fights happen, you know, it would have. Again, it's, it's like, you know, it's like they say, man, the truth the truth will always prevail. Sometimes the truth is a hard pill to swallow and we may not like the, you know, the, the consequences that the truth will bring, mm -hmm. 
But what I'm finding out in my life, like, it's just always easier just to be honest and, and to be truthful. Yep. You know? So how much time did you plea out to? Two of 15 to 15 to life. 15 to life. Yeah, which made me eligible for parole after 15, which... Go away. Mm. Stupid dog. Sorry. So how does that how does that work in the system up there? So if, if I plead to 15 to life, does that mean that you got to do the whole 15 before you can see the parole board? But but that but I'm I'm technically pleading out to a life sentence. Right. El, el, OK, eligible got after. Got so at, at 15, they could either give it to you or set you back like five years. They can just keep setting back. Got it. Got it. So now when you're out on parole, you're out on parole now? I'm on parole now, yeah. And you'll be on parole for the rest of your life? Yes. How does that work? What do you mean? How does it just on parole? The parole officer like comes by the house once a month or whatever, checks, see how you're doing. Just have to, you, know, you got to stay out of trouble. So you're going to be on parole for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. There have been cases like people have been out like, and they can get the parole drop, but it's rare that it happens. You've got to be out for a long time and out of trouble. So when you're 75 years old <laughs> and, and you've already been through four different uh, parole officers, <laughs> and now you got some young punk that that wants to come in and and don't like you for whatever reason he can send you back to prison yep. for any little thing i've seen it happen when i was back guy came back he's like yeah i've been out how long were you out? it was 25 years i said well what happened he goes i was at my daughter's wedding i had a glass of wine and the parole officer had to come by and, and he smelled the booze or he gave me a breathalyzer and he violated me he's like this freaking kid wasn't even born jail I was like that's crazy but yeah it can happen so your your whole life your whole life your four, you say you were 47 I'm 47 right now yeah so your whole life up to this point and then the rest of your life moving forward is going to be under some sort of control from from a master, pretty much, yeah. I mean, yep. They're not that. They're not bad. I don't want to have now. He's like laid back. He's, he comes by. He doesn't even come in the house. The apartment he just comes by. He calls like, "How you doing? You all right? Yeah, still working? Okay. Yeah, talk to you next month." And they don't bust your balls. They're like, "You don't give me a problem. I won't give you a problem." But it's just you know they're there. It's, it's always do anything. It's all right, right. Yeah. That's it. Because I'm on one of these. You always know that no matter every time that you leave your your house, you're you're confined in some sense. You're censored in some sense. You're you're just you're not able to be 100 percent. Yeah, pretty well. I'm on an ankle monitor right now, probably for like another. I've been on it for almost two years now. 
So that, but that should be, so that's another control thing too. Walk me through that. The ankle bracelet? Yeah, like just your day, just just take me through a day of wearing this big bulky black thing on your leg. Oh, uh, it's a pain in the ass because you have to charge the things, which is like I have to charge it at night. It could die out on me. So if it dies out, I keep getting called or if it starts to get low, the, the monitoring system keeps calling me. Oh, your battery's dying. Your battery's dying. Well, I'm at work. I'm sorry. Well, you need to charge it. Well, I'm at work. I mean, it's kind of like, especially now the winter, I can cover it up. People don't really see it. The summer is kind of like embarrassing. You try to go to the beach or you go somewhere. Have this, you know, you got this big black box on your ankle. People, they look at you. You know they're looking at you. but It's like, I don't really pay it any mind, but it is a pain in the ass. But, you know, anywhere I go, anything I do, these people know where I'm at. So, but as long as you, I keep the thing charged, I try to charge it at night. When I come home, I'll charge it before I go to work so it doesn't die out. But they don't really, it's just that's, you know, anywhere you're not supposed to be, they know where you are. But, but that's, no, it's not really, I mean, it sucks, but after a while, you just forget it's there. I try not to even think about it. Well, this is what I want to get into now is, is how, how are you dealing with, with all of this? How is your life at this point? Do you have regrets? Oh, I regret that this happened. That, yeah, that, that Robert died. I, you know, this is not, I, I was out on, this is my fourth time out on parole. I was violated a couple times for stupid shit when I first got out. Because I was out. I got out the first time after like 15 and a half and then I it was stupid. I wasn't, I forget what it was. I wasn't paying the rent at this dump I was in. So they violated me for that. I went back for three years. I got out. Same thing happened again. Cause it like, you know, I had nowhere to go. I had no family around. I had nowhere to go. So I had to go to these like halfway houses, which were slums I didn't want to be in. And so I just left, and, which was stupid. They're like, all right, you can't stay here. We'll send you back to jail. And each time they've let me out. Now this last time, they're like, all right, you're going to keep screwing up. We're putting you on an ankle bracelet for a while. Make sure you don't run away. Because they had to come look for me. The last time I took off, they had to come looking for me. Well, you did. Did you get parole your first your first yeah. stretch, so you did 15 yeah, years? Yeah, I got parole the first time. Mm-hmm. Do you think you were kind of rebellious coming coming home and, and just having to succumb to, oh, again? Yeah, everything was new to me. It was like, I'm, I'm out. I'm like, finally, I did it. I don't have to listen to anybody. I can do whatever the hell I want. Uh, no, you can't. You have to follow what we tell you to do. Like You can't be out at all hours of the night. You can't be... Just roaming around, doing whatever the hell you want. I'm like, I'm like, sending me to a sober house. I'm like, I don't drink. I've never, I've been locked up for 15 years. I don't drink. I don't do drugs. <laughs> and to this day, I don't do that. So I'm like, that was. How was your incarceration? How was it? It was off. And I, you know, I made, 
I made use of it. I didn't just sit around and do anything. I got, a, I got my college degree, I got my master's in English, and my welder's license. And I made made do with what was what was there. But it sucked sometimes. You know, you get asshole guards there, and all they want to do is just bust your balls. But you, know, you get into fights every now and then. There's people who want to run your mouth, and they want to think they're tougher than you. But you just stick to doing what you're doing, do your own thing. I, mean, I had a few friends here that were from my area that were having to come in around the same time as me for almost the same thing. Second or so, we did pretty much 15 years together. Oh, there's a couple, like, to this day, there's a guy I know I've known. I go see him all the time. Go see him and his daughter. And so we get along pretty good. Being in there, you know, it, can be, it has its good days, it has its bad days. I'm like when the place is on lockdown and you're stuck in a smoke cell with another person, it kind of sucks. Or you wake up one day and your roommate happens to be in a bad mood or you're in a bad mood. Things just don't go the way you want them to go. But. Well, do do you do you think that people would would try you inside just because you were in there for the charge of murder? Um, when you first come in, you know everybody wants to see see if you're tough or see what you can do. But they don't really right. they don't really they look at you like all right, this guy keeps to himself. He's alone, and we'll just leave him alone. But. So that was about it. I only, you know, I only talked to her. I hung around with like five people in there. That was about it. I mean, you know, if you stick to people that you know and you don't get into trouble, nobody bothers you. You got the little gangs in there that they they just rival with their own other gangs. Yeah, <laughs> little cliques they hang out together. Yeah. It's weirdo like. You want to recruit you and you're like the skinheads and all this. And I'm, I don't have nothing to do with that. Uh, no, thank you. Go away. I'm all set. Yeah. Yeah. So you got your you got your masters yeah. while you were in prison. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Well, congratulations yeah, on that. How did you accomplish that? Oh, I just went to class every day and took the took the. It was like a four. Well, it was four and a half years to get the bachelor. It was like another year and a half to get the master's in English. Which is, I mean, you have nothing else to do. <laughs> Might as well That's just truth, hit man. the books. So what? What? What is your is degree in English? In? English literature. Yeah. Okay. So, are you putting that in today? I can't be a teacher because of my, <laughs> because of my, you know, my crime. I can never be, I can never go in and teach. But why not? That don't I even guess, make sense. I don't know if you're a felon, you can't be a teacher. I'd have to go to, I'd have, probably have to go more schooling for that to get a teacher's degree too. I don't feel like doing that. I'm too old for that. But, but I did put my Walter's license. Yeah, but you can start. Walter's license. That's which is still good. So I was balding for a while. I can still do that if I wanted to. But. but why don't you start your own online English course or teaching or YouTube channel or whatever? Oh, I don't know how to do all that. 
I hate technology. I wouldn't have the patience for it anyway. They teach somebody about that. Well, I promise you, I promise you, there's a way for you to capitalize on your master's degree without uh, um, being a felon, uh, being a roadblock. I promise you. Uh, there probably you. is. I haven't looked into it. You put a lot of work did, into that. Yeah. I, I, to this day, I don't even know where the diploma is. I think I gave it to my mom. She lost it somewhere. Just like, really? How the hell did you lose it? So... Why do you think? Why do you think that is? Why do you think that you don't have? It seems a lot of pride in that. Why don't I have any? Pr- I mean, I don't. I mean, I do that. I accomplished it. That I got it done. But it's like it's useless now. I can't use it for anything. I tell people they're like, "Oh, that's good. it's not. It doesn't help me going looking for a job and working in a kitchen or doing construction or whatever." That's like okay, man. Okay, big deal. That doesn't relate to this job. That's good that you did it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it shows I have education. And I'm educated. But. Well, that's that's all a degree is. All a degree is is a piece of paper that just shows people that you you have the ability to to learn at a higher pace, right. you know, at a higher level. Um, but so what? What made you take the English class? Was that all that was available? No, they had a, the English was. It was there, yeah. They had that, or you could have. They had a couple other ones that weren't. I think they just. You could have just done the liberal arts one, but I just went for the English one, which was. I don't know. It was interesting to me. Some of the stories and stuff. It was more of just time filler, just past yeah, days. Yeah, I like right? to read. You know, I used to read a lot. I would try to write my own stories. I wrote a couple short stories. So I figured it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you? Do you have anything no. published? Yeah, I don't even know where they are right now. I, I probably lost them. Jesus, Steve. You know, but these are the things you no. have kids? Oh, well, scratch what, what I was getting ready to say. Why don't you have kids? Man? I mean, not. <laughs> no, no kids for me yet. I don't think I want any, right? I don't think I want any. Why do you want to bring kids into this world? It's kind of a. Mm. Kind of a bad time to bring kids into the world. But that's kind of funny you mentioned it about kids. So I'm locked up. This is like I'm like eight years into my thing and I get a call. Hey, you need to give a DNA test. I'm like, for what? I'm like, this girl is claiming that you're the kid's father. I'm like, huh? I'm like, well, how old is the kid? I'm like, oh, the kid's five. I'm like, that doesn't add up. They're like, it doesn't add up. I've been locked up eight years. There's no way the kid can be mine. Like, they're like, it doesn't even look like me. I'm like, this chick is out of control. I mean, I knew her from from years ago. I'm like, that's not my kid. Like, well, you still have to give it. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. They're like, oh. Mm. So I don't know what ever happened to it. But that's kind of funny that you mentioned that. Was yeah, that a girl I that knew you her. knew? She was someone I, I worked with. And she comes like, but that was kind of funny. Kid didn't even look nothing like yeah. me, and age wouldn't even fit. I see if the kid was nine or ten, then maybe yeah, but not 
not five, when I was locked up for eight years. Maybe she filed. Maybe she filed taxes some sort of way in 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 that fashion. You know, when a lot of guys go away, that's that's what happens. It happened to me. You know, it's 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 like your identity gets stolen because people that are close to you know that it's essentially they think that it's free money because yeah. you're away. You know, and they file taxes and they even today I, I still like when I get these security questions. You know, every once in a while, you'll get these secu- these security questions that goes off like your past tax mm-hmm. returns and stuff. It's an issue for me if I, because some of the answers I don't know yeah. are the, or they're wrong. You know, because my identity's yeah, been stolen. Yeah. So, who knows, Mandy's? So, uh, how how are you living today? You living uh, comfortably? I'm getting by. You know, it's tough now. Is like. Work is slow due to this COVID stuff going on. We're losing hours. I actually have tomorrow another job interview to go on. But I mean, I'm getting by. I don't have to pay the rent, and take care of my pup. But I was engaged for a while, and then the chick went psycho. So, oh, yeah, we were getting ready to mm. move in together and all this. And I don't know. She just went nuts. But I'm doing all right. You know, I do my own thing. I go to work, come home, hang out with my yeah. That's a good, it's a good thing. It's a good thing she went nuts before oh, yeah. she moved. Before in, we huh? did find a place together and got married. Yeah. <laughs> she could have just held out just a little bit longer. I don't know. What, I don't know. She's just <laughs> cuckoo. She's still trying to break into my she's still breaking into my apartment. I changed the lock. She's still getting in here somehow. Yeah, she's like playing little little fuck fuck games with me. <laughs> like, so you just come home and realize that somebody well, broke. Yeah, because I find like stupid shit missing, and she's the only one that. This was before I changed the locks. Like, she would come in. I come in one day. It was like the rem- batteries from the remote are missing. Like, she was just moved around. It's like only stupid <laughs> shit that she would do. Yeah. <laughs> So I tell her, like, I know she don't respond to my oh, text. My I'm goodness. like, I know you are in here. She's like, and I caught her one day. I'm like, well, what are you doing? Oh, I want to see the dog. I'm like, well, the dog is not on the top shelf or in my computer. Why are you in there? There's no reason for that. Get the hell out of here. Damn it, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm oh, trying to find. Because she lives like right up the road from me right now. So it's like she lives like a block away, two blocks away. So I'm trying to find another place to live. Get away from her. She just <laughs> she just comes over yeah. when she needs a sandwich yeah, right? or some batteries. Yeah, or laundry money. <laughs> Come on. She has a good job. She she's just messing with my head. She's trying to. I just told the PO. I said, just, she's still doing this. I'm just staying away from her. That's fine. But if I catch her in here. But see, now, now in all seriousness, right, uh, something like this is dangerous and because luckily she's just breaking into your shit. You know, she could be calling your PO and telling your PO that you're hitting her, you know, right? things like yeah, well, that. that now know? that's a good thing that I have this thing on because if she's like, oh, he was up here, all they have to say is, well, no, he wasn't because they know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. 
No, I would never hit her. She knows that. I would never lay a hand on her like that because she. No, but these are. Oh yeah, these are what women do, though. You know, women women will will make up lies. You know, what well, I'm not going to single out women. Anybody will. You know, people. Let me just say, people do this. People, people will trap people up like yourself because they don't they don't have to feel the consequences. All they know is, um, I don't have right. to deal yeah. with Steven anymore. Meanwhile, you're meanwhile you're sent yeah. off, you know, and oh my goodness, man. Well, I love I love your 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 character, Steve. Yeah. I love how you're handling this whole fucking situation, yeah. dog. It sucks, but you know you gotta make do. You know, it's gonna it can only get better. Well, I mean, it could get worse. I could end up going back to jail, but I'm doing the right thing so it never happens again. I got too much to lose right now. I don't think I, what do you I have, have to lose? lose? My my freedom, for one thing, is the main thing. My freedom, what little family support I have. If I ever go back again, I'll never. They'll never talk to me again. And I have my pup right here. I have to take care of. Oh, you lost me. I lost you. Oh, yeah, yep. she's okay. like, I hear you now. So you have your my pup. life right now. She's what I have in my life right now. So you also take care of her if I ever go back to jail. So it's, you know, I don't want to go back there. It's, I'll probably never, they even told me at the last time, like, if you ever come back in front of us, don't plan on getting out for a long time. It's giving you too many chances already. So. I'm just going to do the right thing. Oh, That's a lot of pressure to live up under, man. Watch every little thing I do. Every little thing. Just send me back. <laughs> you can't you even know? smoke a fucking joint to relax, huh? I mean, I probably could because he doesn't come around that often. So, I mean, he was just here yesterday. He probably won't be around for another month. He doesn't. He very rarely drug tests me or anything like that, which is another good COVID thing that they don't call you into the office. That's the one good thing. Don't they have? Yeah, they don't, do. Don't they have medical marijuana up there now? Um, How does that work? With, I don't know. With probation I've never tried, but I don't think we can get it unless it's dire emergency or something but I don't think we can we're not supposed to be on use any type of drugs or drink or anything but uh, damn it partner they put all of this pressure on you <laughs> and right. they give you no way to alleviate it yeah I mean if I wanted to drink I probably could because he's like I say he's never around he doesn't do I mean you just have to do it the right way I'm sure do it. It's not like I haven't had a couple drinks since I've been out. Of course I have. Hanging out you know, at my buddy's house or whatever, yeah. watching the game, or we're just, you know, I've had a couple drinks. Just, just have to do it the right way. You gotta know when to do it. Am I? Oh, you're, yeah. a, you're a sports guy? I are New England sports fan. Mm. Hey, mm. you guys got Brady. Hate. How's that working out down there in Tampa? 
Well, I mean, it it, it would be okay. I mean, I'm I, I'm a Cowboys fan. I always grew up watching the Cowboys, and I just I, I'm yeah, they're not I've doing too good either. But well, well, they haven't been, man. And, and I, it's it's horrible. Uh, I was gonna say once Dak went happened. down, that that was it. Well, just just as as a person, because you know he this this kid has been fighting for the last two or three years for his contract and he keeps getting put off, keeps getting put off. He's on the, he's on the cusp of signing a record breaking contract. And then this happens, you know, and he'll never see, he'll never be in the talks of that kind of money again, unless he comes and does double what he was performing to begin with, you know? Yeah. But yeah, we got Brady. It's it's okay, but I mean, you uh, got you got Breeze down here. You got the Saints, and you know, oh, you you're close Saints. to New Orleans, aren't you? Yeah. Well, Tampa is yeah. so so. Our division is Tampa Bay. We have Tampa Bay, New Orleans. We have yeah. Carolina, and then we have Atlanta. Yeah. He's gonna come back next you year. You want Brady back? He's gonna come back and retire a picture. Yeah. He may never play so? a game, but he'll come back and sign and retire as a Patriot. I don't think he's going to play after this year. I think – I don't know, man. I, you know, I, I say the same thing, but I think he. I think he's yeah. going to feel like he got gypped He's got a good year. team around him. With the – He's got a yeah, it's just, a, it's a good he's team. It's a monster frustrated team. why they're not winning. Something that's not working. His age is catching up to him. But. Could be, man. When when we get to this age, yeah. each, each year after this year matters, man. Right now, I think he's forty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I I think <laughs> I think him and Bilicek had a side bet. I really do. I think him and Bilicek had an under the under the table <laughs> side bet for like a dollar to see yeah to see who needed who the most. Yeah. You know, because that was always the friction between yeah. them two. Oh, somebody broke into his mansion up here yesterday or the other day, and they broke and started. They caught him. The guy sitting there watching TV in his in his house. Yeah, his mansion up here in Somerville. In Brady's house? Yeah. Somebody yeah. broke into it and was watching TV on his couch, huh? <laughs> they were like, oh, <laughs> they, were, they were like joking about it. Like, oh, it's like Gronk would and his friend would have a key. He wouldn't have to break in. But I guess uh, he didn't, the guy didn't steal anything. That was all he did. He just broke in and started watching TV. But he still got it. That's nuts. Well, down here, he uh, – I don't know if he's still staying in the mansion down here, but he, he was – Derek Jeter rented his place to Tom Brady. Oh, so yeah. Derek Jeter's place sits right on the bay, right? It's right on the water. So the, the biggest dilemma that he was having is people would be just pulling up on their boats outside, you know, right mm-hmm. behind his, his, you know, his place. There'd be oh, 10, 15 boats. Just He's got Antonio Brown his, living with him mansion, now, too, I know? think, still. Right. Yeah, when they, when oh, they yeah? signed him to the team, he was, he was like, yeah, well, he can come and stay with me. I'll keep him in line. 
All right, Steve. Well, man, this has been a, a great conversation, man. I appreciate you you opening up the way that you did, man. What yeah. what a fucking story. Suck it happens, but suck that it happened. It's over and hopefully it'll never happen again. But you know, at least I can move on somewhat. I have his family has forgiven me, you know, forgiven me. They know that I didn't kill him, but I should have done more to stop what happened. Yeah, and I agree. And I, I can like understand say, why. Father, still don't have an answer for that. Just he's my dad. Oh, why? they like you asked earlier. You why did, I, why did I take the rap? Why did I cover up? They keep getting asked, and all he's like, "Is he's my dad." Like, well, he should have done that for you. He's the one that should have done the time, not you. But. Yeah, but you know, Steve, none of that matters, right? None of that matters because, and 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 I've been having this discussion a lot, especially with with you know my wife and several other people. Is is that we, including myself, I, I'm 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 one of the biggest examples. Is is we live our lives so worried about other people's perceptions, how they feel about us. You know, we're mm-hmm. constantly trying to be accepted by people, you know, and and then we get into our, our older age as I am now. And I realize, like, my whole life has been dedicated to trying to please again. I lost you somehow. Yeah, it dropped. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. So, yeah, you know, we we're 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 live under the perception of other people and we, we get to the old age and we just realize like I haven't I haven't even done anything that I wanted to do and I haven't even been the person that I wanted to be. No, me either. I haven't done everything that I thought I would do growing up. And now you're in a situation where you're hindered from doing everything. Right, yeah. Now I'd like to travel, go see places, but that ain't gonna happen for a while. Let me ask you this. Have you ever thought about reopening your cage to, to at least just try to get the parole off you just be a free person? I thought about it. I've tried to like, well, you need, you need more. You can't just be you saying he did it. You need more evidence corroborating it. Because they're like, oh, no, murders never close. If it's, if there's more evidence that can prove that your dad did it and not you, then. But I think everybody pretty much knows that he did it. They just can't prove because I'm the one that said I did it. If I didn't do that, they would have pursued him more. Yeah, but there's case law out there about taking. There's so many case law out there about what you experienced and what you went through. And and I feel like, because I have an attorney friend that I interview, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to her about that and make sure, but there are instances where, because you were under arrest, right? And your testimony, your, 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 
your your uh, your debrief was was taken under duress. Right. Right. And there's case law that out there that, that protects you from that because there are people that are in your situation that that occurs. And now their lives are, are, are completely in shambles because of of exactly what I went through. So there is case law out there that can protect you from that. Yeah. Now, what's going to probably end up happening is uh, there's going to be repercussions on their father, but that doesn't matter. What matters at this point is that Stephen lives his life that Stephen wants to live his life. Right. Yeah, he's had to live his life. He's 74 now. Battling cancer. He's only got one. So he doesn't have, I don't know how much longer he's going to live. And, and and this needs to occur while he's, a, he's alive because there is a possibility that he may be able to, to get some sort of immunity by coming forward and, and being honest. Yeah. You know? Now, you have I've to, tried to talk that. to him about it, you know, and but he just deflects the conversation. He never wants to talk about it. He never wants to take responsibility. Well, hopefully this 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 um this broadcast will reach a couple people. Like I say, I'm going to um talk to my attorney a friend and 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 start researching. Just look and see what could possibly be done. Mm-hmm. You don't need it, you know. Um, if you have enough family members that are willing to come behind you and speak, and and I think something can be done, Steve. I really do. Yeah, I do too. But I haven't. I stopped pursuing it a while ago. Don't do that, man. This is your life. This is your life. And you have the right to live the way that you want to live it like everybody else does. Now, in given circumstances, when you do something, you give up those rights to that freedom, but you haven't. The only thing that you did was, you, yes, you helped dispose of a body. And that's, that's serious enough. I'm a father of a daughter. And I would never want, number one, I would never want nobody to harm my daughter. But in the event that an accident occurred, I would want my daughter to be treated with respect and dignity. You know? Right. So, so there's that. But you paid for that. Those dues are done. Yeah. You know, and and it's time. But for real, for real, for real. So, yeah, it's time that Steve has his life back and is able to 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 put together something for the rest of your life. There's no reason why you have to live under this pressure and 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 you're not even guilty of it that's that's not right you with me i lost you steve So that's it, man. That's that's it in a nutshell, you know. 
crazy, man. It's crazy to think that this man has to spend the rest of his life under constant supervision um, for, for an egregious decision that he made at, at 21 years old, you know. Um, I'm going to try to research and look into, into what can be done about that. If, if any of my listeners have any advice for Stephen or, or however, you can always reach out to me again on, on Facebook at Thomas Free Me. Uh, you can go to the Free Me Podcast site on Facebook titled Free Me Podcast. You can find me on Instagram under Free Me Podcast, uh, you know. Just reach out and, and leave a message if you have some advice. So once again, I do apologize. The The conversation got cut off. We got cut off again. And by that time, I was I was just so, whole, you know, so, so frustrated with the whole process, man, because it was such a, an important conversation. So, but we pretty much were summed up anyhow, you know. So I'm going to reach back out to Steven at some point, see how he's doing. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you again for listening, joining, please make sure you subscribe, like, share, all that good jazz, so, until the next time, man, please just make sure you're making wise decisions and smart decisions, please make sure that you're instilling that into your children, you know, our children, you know. If you have influence over children, make sure that you're you're the best possible person that you can be, you know, so that children don't see the hypocrisy that is in us, you know. So it'll get better, man, but it has to come through our kids and it has to come through us. So until then, man, peace and love. I love y'all. Please be safe. Wear your mask. Until the next time we meet again, my friend. Take care of yourself.